This is The Playbook. On uh, scaling a business. And I think a lot of people uh, have great grandeurs about building or starting a business and have a, a lot of difficulty when they have success in scaling it or wondering why they can't scale and feel stuck in their business uh, and which leads to all types of interference as well. But before I get into scaling the business, I have probably one of the greatest moderators, the youngest moderator here on Breakfast of Champions, my man, Jake. Jakey Bakey, good morning. Good morning. Hola, David. Welcome back. Hola. Hola, hola. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for that introduction. And I will quickly set the room here on Clubhouse um, for everybody on here. As Dave mentioned, he's been doing free Friday training for over 23 years. Welcome, everybody. Today's topic that Dave will be talking about is how to scale a business. So he'll do that for about 30 minutes, and then we'll be taking on some guests as well. So if you have a question that you'd like to ask, just feel free to raise your hand or back channel me. As mentioned, the topic is how to scale a business today. Uh, let's take a quick second here to invite your friends, invite your family, invite the whole community on Clubhouse. Let's share the room. You can do that at the bottom. There's a square with an arrow. You can share the room on all your favorite social media platforms. And then, of course, you're on Clubhouse. So let's share the room. Share with everyone here on Clubhouse and the Breakfast of Champions. Share on all your favorite social media platforms, text messages. And let's follow the people next to you, follow the people on stage, and continue to build out this. Good morning. So, with that in mind, Dave, I will pass it back off to you, and let's have a great training today. Thank you, everyone. Right on. Well, good morning again for everyone. Uh, we are going to train about scaling a business. And the first part about scaling a business is knowing your timing and risk tolerance for your business, setting your own expectations of how long it will take and how big you want the business to be. Uh, and I think a lot of people skip the first step. As I said, they have these visions of grandeur on how they're going to scale their business, but those visions are not specific in the timing of how big they want it to be or bigger. Um, and it creates a lot of resistance uh, in the fact that we're trying to do something at a speed uh, which may or may not be realistic uh, or at a speed that creates resistance, meaning that when we attach our emotions that I want to be this big by this time instead of I want to double the size of my business as fast as I can uh, and understanding that we ourselves are the only ones that limit ourselves by either the meaning of the failures, mistakes, setbacks, defining moments, successes, uh, historical references of our past, or even more importantly, uh, the limitation occurs through the self-imagery that we have. And that imagery carries forward into uh, fear of success or worthiness or other issues that always uh, rear their ugly heads when we are looking at scaling a business. There, after we have our timing and risk tolerance, um, and I'll be more than happy to give a guide uh, at the end of this to everyone on scaling your business. Um, and I'm happy to, to send my book with it as well. So I'll sign that, send it to you, pay for the book shipping and the guide, not a problem. But please think about the timing and risk tolerance and how you determine that, where you live, how old you are, how many kids you have. There's a variety of variables involved in understanding before you set forth in scaling the business that could create this interference or avoid shortages, obstacles, or mistakes 
that uh, will accelerate in the wrong trajectory. And so if we haven't taken into consideration whether we're married or not, whether we want to get married or not, who we want to get married, where we want to live, how many children we have, how many children we want to have, are we going to have a child sooner or later? If we're not taking in consideration these things, they will directly affect or create interference from or interference with the scaling of our business. So uh, the first step in scaling a business is knowing our timing and risk tolerance, not creating or attaching our emotions to an outcome by creating resistance to that, but simply look in velocity and speed and scope and scale when we scale a business by knowing our timing and risk tolerance. The first phase of scaling a business is uh, the learning phase. And the learning phase includes one, recruitment, uh, and recruitment is uh, a essential component of scaling a business. I always say ABH, always be hiring uh, and have a methodology of hiring. For me, it's three stages of learning. Um, there's a shadowing uh, stage of learning, uh, which is an, an internship. And then there's a shadowing of so, some sort of contract uh relationship and then there's an employee relationship and indicative in that uh is the context of watching somebody and this is a big investment to make and it's probably the biggest mistake in recruitment is that uh people are not recruiting um for the shadowing they're recruiting for profit and uh, we've skipped two phases of scaling a business if you're recruiting to bring someone in and assume they're going to be profitable day one. Uh, it's going to create a whole bunch of resistance between you and that person, and it will affect one of the later things that we're teaching, which is retention um, and engagement. So let's start with recruitment. Recruitment should be in the aspect of knowing values and getting value alignment and then vetting or determining skills. And so when we recruit people, we should only be looking at do they have similar aligned synergistic values to that which we've set forth as a business and then looking at the skills or capabilities uh, or teachability or coachability uh, of the person that we are recruiting to create phase one, which is the learning phase, which is an expensive phase in the short term, but it's the least expensive way to scale your business. And so when we're looking to scale, we scale a business by bringing people in with similar values, taking an investment. For me and my business, it's a 90-day process. Uh, so we recruit off of values, we recruit off of gratitude, so we know that that person has the same perspective. We hire people that look for the light, the love, and the lessons in other people, other situation, other circumstances, other events, et cetera. It's the number one value which we recruit for. The second one is forgiveness. We recruit forgiving people. And the reason we recruit forgiving people is one, they are much more supportive and get along with other people who are trying their best learning lessons and having fun within the context of the business, which allows us to make more money, help more people and have more fun as well. But if you're not forgiving, uh, it's going to be difficult uh, to uh, try things and learn things and to forgive others for trying things and learning things. 
And so forgiveness is a key component in the recruitment process of alignment of values in the learning phase in order to facilitate the foundational principles to scale a business, to have a strong foundation so that you can build a hundred, 300, a billion dollar business. Uh, in I see so many people recruit for profit and not recruit for values. And they skip the learning phase, they recruit for profit, and they go right to an execution phase of scalability. And they wonder why they have so much disparate uh, energy as well as why uh, they're not as efficient, effective, or statistically successful as they could be. The third value, uh, which has three phases in itself, is accountability. Uh, and so uh, we recruit people who are accountable. They're responsible, uh, number one. They understand the law of attraction. So I call them they're attractionable, uh, meaning they are aware uh, that likes attracts like and that they want to attract uh, the business, the right business, the right people, the right circumstances, situation, and events uh, for themselves and the business. And then the more difficult one in recruitment in the phase of learning and investment in this learning phase is specifically uh, the participation that they are in in uh, their own perception. Um, and all of these three values, gratitude, accountability, and forgiveness, they're easy to interview for. Uh, we just have to ask the right questions. Um, and a lot of times we don't ask those questions about what would you do in this situation? And it's very easy to depict if someone has uh, the gracious perspective of finding light, love, and lessons in it, if they are forgiving uh, and accountable, whether that be responsible, doing what they say, uh, right? We want to have uh, impeccable words. Uh, are they uh, attracting the right things in their life, right? They're going to tell you about uh, positive uh, things in their lives that they're attracting. And then the third is how are they participating in the perception? Uh, so their lives comparatively may not be that good, but their perception of their lives is at a, at a, at a highest level. And so all three of these are extremely important in the recruitment process to start the investment, to make sure that you're getting the ROI in the learning phase where someone is simply shadowing you. And then the final value is effective communication. Um, and effective communication is not only the ability to communicate to others within the organization, whether it be you, your employees, associates, managers, executives, clients, vendors, et cetera, but how effectively are they communicating uh, with their source? Uh, how inspired are they? Uh, are they focused in on the shortages, voids, and obstacles? Or do they have a hopeful perspective? Do they have a faithful perspective uh, that they're being protected and promoted? And are they capable of doing their best learning lessons and having fun even when things get challenging? And are they capable of doing that consistently? Or do they go the extra mile every once in a while and then justify why they aren't where they're supposed to be because they went to extra mile every once in a while? These values and the recruitment process create a great investment in the foundation of a business that allows it to scale to an incredible size. And if we don't have that foundation, 
we will find it very expensive to do so. Now, it's not impossible, but I would rather spend my time making money than raising money to hire people, to find the right people with the right values, to get what most companies get, which is 80% of the productivity from 20% of the people. I'd rather get 80% uh, of the people giving me 800% productivity and then deal with the other 20%, which I call lettuce washers, to allow for administrative and other turnover that is just human nature within the context of a business. This phase, the learning phase, is about recruitment of values and then allowing <clears throat> those people that we recruit in because of gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication to simply watch and ask questions for a period of time. It may sound expensive to do, uh, but it's the similar situation of the you know guy who's uh, cutting down trees and spends 80% of his time uh, sharpening his ax and 20% of the time cutting down the trees because uh, it's a lot easier. It's the exact same analogous situation where we are recruiting the people by values and then allowing them to shadow and pick up the nuances of what we do, either their mentor or others within the company. But I believe that it to be essential to scale that you have to know your timing and your risk tolerance in order to effectuate that type of investment to predetermine the scalability of a business instead of taking the expensive route of catching up or reacting to the success that you have and applying the 80-20 rule. Instead, apply the 80-800 rule, which will allow you to create far greater margins, make more money, help more people, and have more fun uh, and build a business. And so uh, that first phase is essential of knowing your timing and risk tolerance, re understanding recruitment of values, and then making the investment of a simple shadowing period where they just watch and ask questions. The second stage or phase of scaling a business um, is the execution phase. And now this is comes at a point where the uh, person works with you. And uh, our goal is for my company is to create an exponentiality of profitability. So if I pay uh, an employee now uh, because we went through an internship phase, a contractor phase, and then into an employee phase. My goal is to have an exponentiality of profit with that person by either me or their manager or, or director or executive working with them to create exponential profit. So if we pay someone $100,000, they uh, will be quantifiably measured to be able to hit a X3 or X10 or X20 of what we pay them determinative upon uh, their value uh, of their skills and their knowledge, uh, knowing that their values are aligned uh, completely with the company. And this is how we scale a business as, you know, they watch us and then we work with them uh, that allows them someday to supervise and have someone shadow them. Scaling occurs in two different ways. One, by money, by hiring people who, uh, who, who already have 
the skills and the knowledge, but may not have the values, or uh, it scales by people. And I prefer the people methodology because it creates way bigger margins and way bigger impact uh, in what we do and a lot more homogeneous synergy in the capabilities as well as the desires. And uh, this is a, a longer approach. It's aligned with my timing and risk tolerance. Um, but this phase of working with um, is a phase where you have your managers, directors, and executives working with this recruited per person. And the goal is retention and engagement. Um, over 90% of the employees in the world are not engaged. Uh, we talked last week about the great realization, which is still notated there on the, uh, the, the training that we've been doing. But it's um, the great realization is that Technology allows people not to be engaged in the business. Uh, I think a lot of executives have no idea of the power of technology and how productive technology uh, allows people not to be engaged because they're going around and you know checking their email real quickly on their phone while they're playing golf, going to coffee, hanging out with their friends or on TikTok or whatever else they're doing. Um, the only way that you can get an employee to be engaged is to have them have the desire to be what they can be, have them be the desire uh, to be their best, to do their best, to learn lessons. It has to be far greater, uh, far greater than just a paycheck. And unfortunately, most people live their lives like tubes, food in, food out, nine to five going the extra mile every once in a while and truly going through the motions every single day, which leads to uh, wanting to leave. Um, and if you think the uh, shadowing period, the learning uh, stage is expensive, try not retaining employees or clients or vendors. The least expensive way to be successful is to manage and develop a vision and in order to do so, you need to uh, provide that value uh, and take the time to make sure that your system exposes people <clears throat> for utilizing technology to pretend that they're engaged. And so it's really important in the retention process to make sure that you're in constant communication with and utilizing systems to expose people and one of the best ways to keep retention and to expose people is via the calendar uh you know using simple things uh to check in and see how engaged uh and aligned people are in the business model is to require them to know what's going on via the calendar and those people uh that you know don't know how, how engaged could you be in your business if, for example, you don't know the activities that you get paid for or you don't know how you get paid? Uh, another one that I use is I create an incentive system. I do monthly bonuses. Uh, and uh, it's amazing, you know, to have people tell me how engaged they are and they want to make more money. And I'll ask them, terrific, I have an incentive plan. How can we make more money? What are the 
five components of the incentive plans. Uh, I don't know. Well, key exposure awareness to an employee uh, not being engaged. And the risk is if they're not engaged, uh, that you're not going to retain them. And uh, that becomes a very, very expensive thing. So not only do you avoid the 80-20 rule by having a learning phase, not only do you avoid the 80-20 rule by hiring for values, not for profit, but by utilizing a stage of execution, meaning execution model of having someone working with someone, understanding the incentives, understanding time, we now also avoid the 80-20 rule uh, as well. And when we're in the 80-800 rule, everybody makes more money, everybody helps more people, and everyone has more fun. Uh, and very few people want to leave when they're in the 80-800 compared to the 80-20. Your, your 20-80 rule, sorry. So when 20% of the people do our 80% of the productivity, you risk losing the other 80% of the people. When 80% of the people are doing 800% of the productivity, you only risk losing 20% of the people. And the good news is the people that you lose are lettuce washers. They're easily replaceable. They're not the type of people that are going to be engaged. They're not wanting to learn. They're going through the motions or they're just not capable. And then you've just revealed, hopefully, some of the recruitment deficiencies that you may have in making sure uh, that you recruit in that manner. And so knowing our timing and risk tolerance, understanding recruitment and retention by having a learning phase where people shadow you uh, and go from internship to contractor, then become employees by working with each other and giving each other mutual advice and being and utilizing the values uh, and creating an 8800 rule instead of a 2080 rule where 20 percent of the people do 80 percent of the business and you risk losing 80 percent of the people but you need to know the timing and risk tolerance for the investment stage that learning stage or phase compared to the <clears throat> execution stage now the final stage before we bring on some some people here today uh, the final stage is the equity stage so the best part about the, the scaling process and scaling a business, if you use this methodology instead of hiring for profit, hiring for values, concerned about retention and recruitment uh, and understanding the learning in the execution phase, is the equity phase <clears throat> now allows you to thrive. And this is where the speed, the velocity of scalability uh, catches up and then compounds past that of those who hire for profit. Uh, those who hire for values and create the correct foundations have a doubling and exponentiality effect compared to the lack of capability. The only way to grow if you hire for profit is to keep hiring more people for profit. <clears throat> the best thing about this type of scaling from the learning phase to the execution into <coughs> an ex equity phase is that you now have a scalable model where those people who shadowed and then worked with now can be shadowed. So as that happens, you now have all these tree branches uh, of people that people can shadow. Still, they can recruit, they can retain, 
And now not only do you have a scalable model, having people who understand and are synergistic and aligned with the core values and incentives of the program that are utilizing the 8800 rule, not the 2080 rule. But now those people can exponentially make more money, help more people and have more fun because they have a group of people below them producing 8,800 comparatively to 2080. And now you have a scalable company that's exponential and aggregate in its nature. It's attracting more of like-kinded people as you've taken the time, knowing your timing and risk tolerance in order to invest in the appropriate people during the learning stage and then retain those people in the execution stage now the business scales in the equity stage where those people not only are producing at an 8800 level not a 2080 level but more importantly they are capable <clears throat> excuse me of recruiting more people like themselves and aggregating more people like themselves and creating the exponential equity stage that builds a business. Does it take longer? Absolutely. But the statistical success compared to the amount of money it takes to scale a business by hiring for profitability, hiring for profitability instead of building for profitability uh, is far greater and statistically far more successful. The only advantage of hiring for profitability is speed in which you can become profitable. Every other component, every other component, the three phase model of learning phase, execution and equity allows you to be bigger, stronger, more successful, sustainable than anything else. But there's very few companies that can either raise enough money or make enough money to hire for profit. In order to scale a business or hire for profit, you have to be able to raise a ton of money or make a ton of money. And as you see <clears throat> with different companies that scale quickly, you get tons of challenges and you don't get retention. That's why big companies who have raised a lot of money or made a lot of money have to lay off tens of thousands of people because they didn't hire for values, they didn't have a learning phase, they didn't have an execution phase, <clears throat> and they don't have scalability of an equity phase where they have enough people to be shadowed in order to make sure, instead of working within the context of 20% of the people are 80% productive, they're in the phase of, when you build by this methodology, of 80% of the people do 800% of the productivity, comparatively. You can see the size, scope, and scale and the longevity, the sustainability of this methodology. If you recall, <clears throat> the number one thing you have to do up front is know your timing and risk tolerance. So if you have a short time and a high risk tolerance, then try to make a lot of money or raise a lot of money. If you have a longer vision like I do, and you want to build a foundation that allows you to skill, scale from a million to 10 million to 30 million to 100 million to 300 million to a billion, it will take a little bit more time. But this model allows you to continue to recruit the right people, retain the right people, and in the end, you will still be here 
because you've hired for values, not for profit. Scaling a business is, can be done in two different ways, via people or money. Know your timing and risk tolerance. Focus in on the recruitment of values, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, effective communication. Have a learning phase where you know how much time and how much investment you're going to make in each intern, contractor, then employee to shadow the people, to vet out the skills and knowledge, and most importantly, establish the desire. When you do so, we now have a bunch of employees working with each other in the execution phase at 80% of them producing 800% productivity instead of 20% of them creating 80% of productivity. And through that process, it scales because those people eventually hit an equity stage where they can be shadowed, they can be worked with, and they can scale other people in the same direction. They can recruit and retain at the same capacity that you can. This is how we scale a business. If anyone would like um, to get that uh, exercise on scaling a business, just email me, david at dmeltzer.com. I also throw in, as always, my books, guides, exercises. I'll sign a book, send it to you. Pay for the book and shipping, david at dmeltzer.com. 